0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In uh, this portion of our program on The Fan, Sports Radio 66, Sports Radio 1019. This is Bob Salter. And we are joined um, on our program today by Jillian Padgett. Uh, Jillian is joining us to share some of her perspective. And she has an interesting background to share this is an outgrowth of um, some of the discussion that has popped up after the horrific shooting incidents at that school in uh, South Florida that took place last week. You know, It seems like everybody is talking about that in one form or another. Um, Jillian is joining us this hour of our program. First of all, it's nice to have you join us on our program. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thank you very much, Bob. It's good to be with you.
0: And by background... There are a lot of interesting things in your background. Uh, at the heart of what you do, you, you're an author. You're also a therapist. You've spent a lot of years working in the area of stress, um, both in Canada, and you're joining us from British Columbia in uh, Canada, and you've also worked in, in the U.K. What has that experience been like for you?
1: Um, in the U.K.? That's where I initially trained and where I started working, and I did my training with victims' uh, support and families of murder victims. So I did a fair amount of work over there, and then I came over to Canada to continue.
0: Mm. It's got to be a—you know, just hearing you say that, working with families of murder victims, to the layperson, we think, my gosh, that's got to be very tough work. How do you do that? How do you do? How do you continue working in a field like that?
1: I think the only way that I can continue doing the work I do is because I always see in my in the back of my mind that people will recover. I do know that they will recover. They're not necessarily, um, in fact, they'll never go back to how they were before. Um, normally, they have learnt and developed along the way, but they do recover. They do get better in some sort of way. They get stronger, wiser, or however you want to look at it.
0: You know, in the moment of tragedy and trauma, we tend to get fixed on that tragedy and trauma, and it's real easy to be so focused, so fixed on it that it's a feeling of, I'll never or will never get past this. Where does that really come from?
1: I think it's a natural response. I think it's maybe part of the stress response in a way, but it is a natural response to feel completely overwhelmed. But it is something that generally people work their way through by getting stronger step-by-step, by, step, mm. by help, you know, learning different ways to cope. And when it's a major tragedy like they had in Florida, It's, I think, a matter of everybody responds differently, or many people respond differently. So some people will be angry, and some people will be overwhelmed, and some people will just retreat. And it's understanding that that's okay, whatever they do, because they will work their way through it with support.
0: Okay, you've just said something very interesting, though, about the idea that some people will just retreat. Is that something, though, to be concerned about if somebody just seems almost not to care? You know, everybody's talking about the shooting and the aftermath and talking in one way or the Mm -hmm. other. um, Everywhere you go. Yeah. But there are some people who just seem to not want to be any part whatsoever of the overall discussion or conversation. Is that a bad thing?
1: I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a sign that that's something that they can't cope with right now. And um, one of the important things I think to remember is that when families are involved in a tragedy or trauma, very often the couple split up because they cannot understand one another because one person may be getting very angry and another person may be getting very cheerful or another person may be just carrying on as normal because they're you know the pain is so hard they can't can't address it at that time and so i think it's really good to be able to understand and recognize that whatever anybody else is doing however they're responding that's okay
0: i'd be remiss if i did not ask you when you heard about what took place in florida in South Florida, in this shooting, Mm -hmm. what was your reaction?
1: I think my reaction was shock. And there was a part of me that also wanted to understand why and how somebody could go and do what the guy did. Um, So there was shock and, and sorrow for the people involved in the accidents and the murder and everything else, but also wanting to understand what it is that makes people do that. I've never really understood it, (laughs) but i try.
0: tried. Is that even possible to understand
1: it? With some people, I think maybe, yes. I think some people get really angry. Some people are on medication. Um, Some people are just mentally unbalanced and just carry on and do something like that Mm. to try and make their mark in life or to try and seem bigger than they are. I don't know. I don't fully understand.
0: Well, we've been left with this ongoing and expanding, in a way, conversation on a national and even international level. And that has involved, you know, the people who are directly impacted obviously the families the the victims their friends um the first responders Mm -hmm. even people who've in in the media who've covered this story stories i should say because there are several different stories that come out of this whole um, situation Mm -hmm. but in a way because of the technology we have today and the way in which news is reported and generated, we, you know, with this 24-hour news cycle that there is, you know, you're constantly bombarded with the images, the stories, and it's like over and over and over. and I mean, how many times can you see the scenes of, you know, these kids... Uh, see the scenes of this young man being ar- arrested. I mean, all of those things, that builds in a way, and that's got to have an impact on those of us who were mi- miles away, hundreds of miles, thousands of miles away from this scene, but watched all of this on an ongoing <laughs> basis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that, that traumatizes people um, to begin with. But in the end, I think it can numb them as well. So it, it depends. But yes, if we if we keep on watching those things and we imagine we're there and we feel how dreadful and frightening it would be, then we're actually traumatizing ourselves as well, which is not really very healthy.
0: You used a very interesting word when talking about the idea that there could be a numbing of people. How dangerous is that?
1: I think it can be very dangerous because if we are insensitive to If we see these things happening and we're really no longer sensitive to our own feelings and and the feelings of other people, then we can go around being very careless of other people and ourselves, particularly other people, really, I think. Callous and unkind, And maybe dangerous.
0: So is it something that we have to be concerned about the fact that there could be this numbing effect? I mean, you know, one of the reactions that some people had to, you know, this news of this latest shooting in Florida was, oh, another mass shooting. Mm-hmm. And some people, I, I literally heard people say this. Yeah, it seems like there's one of these every week. Yeah. I mean, literally, we've got, have we gotten to that point
1: I think some people have, but I think that one of the amazing things about this particular event, as far as I can see, is that the students themselves are being so active or proactive to make some change. So they're removing, possibly shifting, some of our apathy to make something happen, to make some changes so that people will be safer, kids will be safer in schools.
0: Hopefully. It's an interesting twist indeed. We're talking on our program on the fan sports radio, 66 sports radio, one Oh one nine WFAN and talking with Jillian Paget on our program. Interesting perspective that she brings to our discussion today. We're talking as a result of some of the outgrowth, some of the discussions surrounding the uh, South Florida school shooting that took place um, last week Um, Jillian, her background, she's um, been a therapist. She's specialized in the area of stress and mastery. She's also an author. Um, We'll talk about a couple of the publications that she's been involved in as well um, in the course of our discussion that she's kind enough to be talking with us this hour of our program on the fan. One of the things that is an area to discuss, I believe, as a result of this ongoing conversation stemming from this tragedy is this whole idea of how people process trauma. Can you explain how that is?
1: Well, I think people initially um, go into shock and fear, and it depends how deeply they're impacted, but um, they they can definitely end up by not being able to eat, being very afraid to go out on their own or even be in their own homes alone. It can affect their digestion. It can affect just about every aspect of their living for a while. So the, the greatest thing I believe that they can do is to find a way to break the stress response so that they can begin to relax. And I'm not saying, you know, you're going to be laid back and totally relaxed and think the world is wonderful, but if you can find a way to breathe and relax, then you will not be impacting your body in such a negative way. And you may have to do that conscious relaxation and breathing very frequently to begin with so that you can begin to heal.
0: You know, you said something, again, very key. That many of us forget in moments where when trauma strikes and we get those feelings and that sense of being overwhelmed, etc. And that's this idea of and it's a real simple one, breathing. Remember remembering, first of all, to breathe. Yeah. And secondly, the power that breathing actually has.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very, very important because it it helps um, when we're we're tense and anxious, we will have our shoulders raised, we'll be breathing very shallowly, and um, the, the deep breath that allows us to circulate the oxygen around our system and for our brain to begin to relax, it's very, very healing and helpful.
0: And how much of a problem is it when people tend to turn to something to dull the kind of sensations that they're feeling, the trauma that they're experiencing? And here I'm asking about things like, like alcohol.
1: Well, alcohol is a depressant. <laughs> so it's, it's okay, it dulls you for a bit, but it, it ends up by depressing you even more than you might be otherwise. And um, it also, you know, dulls the brain so that we're possibly less effective. But uh, it's very difficult to say precisely what the best thing to do is because everybody is very different. But a sedative is not a good idea. And yet sometimes if people can't sleep, it's very important to take something that will help them to sleep. So that is, sleep is incredibly important. Sleep, breathing, relaxing, I would say, and and removing the fear. Being able to be okay in the moment. I, I don't know if you saw the interview with one of the students from the school in Florida who was saying, she was saying that she couldn't even go to the bathroom on her own. She felt so afraid all the time. And that can happen. And so then the very key thing is to find a way to feel safe in the moment, wherever you are at home. When, when um, my house was burgled, uh, the, the, the burglars went in and out of my son's bedroom, and he, he was eight at the time. And he wouldn't go upstairs unless he was able to have, his, have our dog with him. And he wouldn't sleep in his room for a very long time. Very understandably, and I didn't know much about stress at the time, so but it was very understandable, and that would be the sort of thing that these children would be feeling from the school unsafe anywhere mm. because the danger comes from it can come from anywhere,
0: but at the same time, you know, I think of. Something that we often hear is the idea that we can't live our lives in fear. No, we can't. So how do we balance that feeling along with the idea that we can't live in fear?
1: Well, one of the things that I, I do, I, I show most of my clients if they're, if they're suffering from extreme fear, is, is to create for themselves... A safe place. So whether it's that they they're remembering um, a time when they were were small and they were comfortable and safe in their bed as a child, or you know the day before yesterday when they were watching a movie and they were perfectly safe at home, it's getting that place, remembering that space, and then remembering how you feel, going to how you feel in your mind and how you feel. Um, how your heart might feel, how you're breathing, and remembering what you can see around you, how you can feel yourself sitting there or whatever you're doing. And then that begins to be a more present feeling than the danger that you had felt, the fear and the danger that you had felt. And it's a matter of bringing that into the present and making it bigger and stronger and allowing the fear to diminish. That is... um, the best way I know of helping people.
0: Is that... that a, make is, it, it makes sense to me, but I'm I'm always struck by this idea, and I'll ask you, because, you know, you, you work with a lot of people. Is that a difficult thing at first for people to to comprehend and then to actualize?
1: It is. <laughs> it is difficult, and it's not something that... Um, I would do with somebody if they had very shortly after some traumatic event, because I also believe that generally speaking, we we can diminish some of the impact perfectly naturally. But if it isn't diminishing, then that is something that can be done. I was in a car accident recently, and um, I the car slid on ice and went across. Um, the road and hit hit the mountainside and I couldn't sleep that night. Every time I closed my eyes, I just could see through the windshield and I could hear the sounds and everything. So I went through that process almost the entire night trying to get myself to feel safe and trying to get that sort of vision through the windshield to be less powerful. And, And the next night I was able to sleep, but it was, I knew how to do it. And um, it, it takes practice, but it did work, and it was useful.
0: And is that, have you been visited by that vision again?
1: Not, no, not in the same way, no. No, It, it that, that might immediately after the accident was the, the time it kept coming back. Now, if I see it, and I, I have mentioned it to a couple of people, but I just sort of I can just sort of vaguely see the sheet. I I don't hear the sounds. I don't feel the fear. Actually, the fear wasn't quite... I was so surprised. I wasn't particularly afraid at that time, but I was afraid to drive afterwards for, for a while, yes.
0: And how did you get past that? <laughs>
1: the first drive I took, it took me about an hour to do what would normally be a half-hour drive, mm-hmm. and um, I just stopped... I stopped about, I don't know how many times on that journey, and I stopped and I made myself breathe, as I was just saying, and sort of shook my hands and and sort of relaxed a bit, and then I'd drive a bit more. And um, that's how I built myself back into driving.
0: (laughs) And did you drive that same route?
1: Yes, I do. I do it every day, just Mm. about,
0: yes.
1: Yeah, but I've never worked out exactly where I came off the road. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, first of all, good for you that you're able to get back behind the wheel and to um, and drive um, and not to be, I guess, trapped in that sense of, of fear. You know, it's it's natural to experience the, the trauma, but, you know, you also want to, and part of your work involves this idea of taking people from having a sense of trauma to something that's much more enjoyable in terms of being able to have a sense in your life of tranquility. Yeah. Is that possible to make that kind of a transition?
1: Yes, it is. Um, The transition is, um, I believe, gradual because we go to what I consider to be the sort of the impact of of the trauma. Then we go through the healing process and then through that healing process we begin to make changes and then we sort of get some sort of in, inner wisdom around how we can be more peaceful and tranquil. But yes, it is a process that we go through at the end of the day. But but also it's important to recognize that fear on occasions is very useful. How? Um somebody walking down um, a, a dark street may get a sense of fear and they can either act on it and maybe turn around or do whatever the, 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 the fear is telling them to do or else they carry on. And I had a client who did that. She just carried straight on and she went straight into a really dangerous situation. And when we she reprocessed the whole event, and she said, yes, she had felt the fear, but she ignored it. I think we do get some sort of innocent sometimes.
0: We're talking with Jillian Padgett on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. Uh, she is sharing information with us on our program. It's a very interesting discussion because we're covering a lot of um, areas. It's a discussion, an important one in the aftermath of that uh, deadly school shooting in uh, South Florida and some of the conversation that is taking place Um on so many different levels and in so many different areas, uh, too. I thought that um, Jillian's perspective is a good one to have to share with us, especially with her work in this area of uh, stress relief and uh, mastery for really over 25 years. One of the things that we haven't talked about thus far in our discussion, i sort of alluded to it, is the fact that you have been an author of a couple of publications. Uh, one of them, I was curious because the title intrigued me. Let Stress Heal Your Life, Uncover Your Amazing Capacity to Thrive. <laughs> First of all, I thought, one heck of a title for a book. <laughs> What's the premise of the book?
1: Very often, um we react to stress, um, well, first of all, perhaps I should say that two people will not necessarily react to the same situation, however stressful it is, in the same way. And very often that is to do with the fact that they have had stress in their lives before that maybe has not been dealt with, or they may be living in a, an unbalanced way. And so they respond to certain things in a far more stressful way. And so when something comes up and they're really not handling it very well, very often it can be because there is something from the past that is triggering them to behave the way they do or to respond the way they do. So stress can be a gift in that respect because it gives us an opportunity to look back and review certain responses and the way life is going for us and then find maybe better ways to manage or to live.
0: So when somebody says and I'm sure you've had people say this to you over the years it seems like Jillian, it seems like my life is just falling apart. Everything it's just coming apart at the seams.
1: What do you say? I might say everything because usually there's something that's working but Sometimes people do find that they can't cope, and it's then unraveling the various things that are going on for them, and finding what the possibly what the root is. It can be somebody in a relationship, um, or it can be the way their work is going, um, or it can you know it can be a combination of things. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense, and this gets to another area when talking about stress, because this is something that's very commonplace. Some people deny the fact that stress is a factor in their lives. Others talk about it openly. But for those people who deny that their lives are impacted by stress or that stress, quote, doesn't get to them, how do you really assess your stress
1: level? Well, there are there are various ways of assessing stress by life events or things that are going on for us at the time. So that um, maybe if somebody has had childhood trauma or illnesses or family events that have gone on, such as somebody being ill in the family somebody dying or something more traumatic happening those things will all have or or can be allocated a value and depending on the combination and the the total of of the value you can say well this person has possibly had a very stressful life and they're ignoring it or this person is just coping wonderfully just depends it because stress usually affects our health at some point in our lives.
0: Does it have to?
1: That's a difficult question to answer. A, a research seems to say that stress is the root of most illnesses. Um, so does it have to? I guess it, no, it doesn't have to if we manage the stress well.
0: And even when we're talking about stress, do we get into, you know, I've heard discussion of this before, the idea of even the approaches that we take nutritionally, you know, the foods that we eat, things like that. Does that factor into stress?
1: Yes, yes. The way we use our minds, um, the the way we use our bodies, what we eat, what we put into our, our bodies, our emotional life, all those things cause stress if, if they're out of balance. So the, the ideal way is to be able to work with mind body emotion and spirit as our uh, as a key sort of our energy and our joy for living and if we're able to keep those in balance in a flexible way then we can manage our stress much better because I've I've had people come and see me and they've they, they their lives seem absolutely you know fine and then I ask them how what they eat and they might say well I've been on a diet for, you know, for a long time, and I'm now just drinking coke and smoking. And then we understand why they're suffering from stress.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> they they're taking one heck of an approach to well, n- the, nutrition, then right?
1: Yeah, they, they've lost weight and they're feeling fantastic, <laughs> but they they have no energy. Right. You know, so it, it's a matter of understanding these things, really. Mm. <laughs>
0: Now, there are people who are listening to our discussion today. Some of them will be intrigued by um, that book's title. Um, Some of the folks who are listening to us also are going to wonder about you. They may want to find out more information. What's um, a resource online, a website that people can go to? Oh,
1: uh, stresswisdomsolutions.com.
0: So it's all as one word stress, wisdom, wisdom solutions, solutions with an S.com. Dot dot yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, you know, we mentioned this one book. Is there another book in the works?
1: There's another book in the works that will be coming out in May. And that one is from Trauma to Tranquility, a guide to inner peace. And um, the one that's already out is Let Stress Heal Your Life.
0: What's been the reaction to let stress heal your life?
1: Well, I get sort of questions rather like the one you had about what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) How can it? You know, but it it can. It it helps to uncover um, the things that need to heal and change. Because we change in life, the stages in life, we're always changing. And if we resist change, then that causes stress.
0: And the other thing is, when people ask you questions like that, like I did, isn't yes. that really kind of what you were seeking in coming up with that title? You want people to think about it, don't you?
1: Absolutely, yes. Yeah. yeah. If I just called it stress, I don't think that I would have got a reaction, really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now to another area that in a way ties into this whole school shooting in Florida and that is talking about how stress is handled when we talk about the adult versus the child or juvenile is there a difference Mm.
1: that's causing me to think um I think that possibly the difference is that children are more spontaneous Mm. and they're not um, reacting to beliefs about how they should be on the whole. Um, You know, uh, for example, you know, I'm English, and so there is this sort of belief in England or there has been that it's really better to have a stiff upper lip and you know, try and find our way through without too much emotion. Whereas I think children can be more spontaneous, and as they release it with their emotions and they let their emotions flow, they don't hold on to the stress for so long. Um, if we if we just sit on it and hide it because we think we're grown up and we shouldn't show we shouldn't cry or whatever it is, then um, we can do ourselves some damage.
0: And that idea of letting one's emotions out. How key is that to handling and managing stress? Because there are a lot of people. And I'll say this. I'm probably one of not I'm probably, I am one of them. <laughs> We have a difficult time with this this idea of expressing our emotions and letting out those feelings for whatever reason.
1: Yes, I think it's an ingrained um, part of being adult and boys, not being able to cry and a whole load of things. Um, I personally believe it's very important that we find a way to release our, our emotions, there are many ways to do it and I believe that the it's better to do so in a fairly watchful way so that um, for example, if I can give you a few examples, because there are many ways that we can release our emotions, you know, we can be in the car and scream loudly or we can um, one of the things that some of my clients like doing this sort of chopping wood or, or, or punching a punch bag or something like that, because then we get it out the emotions from that are being held at the cellular level. We can release them, and that is really important. But we can also draw and, uh, or paint, because if, if, for example, I, I'm working with often with children, in fact, um, they will paint or draw or do stuff in color and the colors and the way they draw is a wonderful way to see where they are emotionally, because if they're using sort of browns and lots of lines and blacks and things, and usually it's a sign that they're, they're a bit stuck. Mm. And there there are lots of other things that we can do, but those are just sort of little examples.
0: It's amazing when we stop and think about the ways in which our lives are impacted by stress, mm-hmm. by emotion, how it is that we process trauma, uh, tragedy, and to actually stop and think about this and also to stop and think about it at times other than when a trauma has just occurred. Because that's important as well. Yeah. Interesting discussion with uh, Jillian Paget on our program. I want to thank you for joining us, sharing the information that you have, because I think this is the sort of food for thought that is important for people listening to us to digest. And yes, I'm using a pun. Uh, <laughs> Especially yeah. at a time like this, because there's, there's just so much reaction as a result of this uh, tragedy in Florida. And we at times need to work our way through the emotions to get to the real heart of what's happening, both on an individual level and also on a level of our society, um, the country, the world, uh, too. And I think your perspective is a very interesting one as well. Would you please repeat the uh, website that you mentioned earlier?
1: It's www.stresswisdomsolutions.com.
0: Jillian, I want to thank you very much for joining us on our program today. Certainly the best with your work and our best with um, that book is that is pending. It will be out in May.
1: Thank you, Bob. It's been, it's been good to talk to you at this time of day.
0: <laughs> yes, I know this is very early for you as well.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.